Look at the tiny green strawberry. Look at the way it follows you around all day. It's always in the corner of your eyes, always in your field of vision. It's a field that only contains the tiny green strawberry and nothing else. Sometimes it does a little dance for you, a pirouette tingling in the breeze. If you call for it, it does not answer. If you want it to come closer, it refuses to do so. That is what you have to accept about the tiny green strawberry. How are your numbers today? Oh, they're not so great. Ooh. What do you mean, oh? Usually, when I ask you about your numbers, you're saying how big and grand and impressive they are. You've never said your numbers aren't so great before. A man can have his off days, surely? I don't know. Perhaps it has something to do with, with this. What's up? <laughs> you can see what it is. I'm not going to describe it to you as though people listening in on this conversation need some sort of indication as to, as to what it is we're both staring at. Right. However, to look at it from another angle, perhaps you could anyway? Fine. For all those inquisitive minds out there, I'm staring at a blank space. So you're not staring at that message written on the table? No, I'm looking at the blank space. The space where a suitable theme tune should be. We've been through this before. There's nothing wrong with a bit of ad-libbing until we get something more con concrete in place. Well, that's all very well and good. I'm hearing what you're saying. There is a part of me, though, that thinks that we should have something snazzy to zing, zing, zing the next one off with. We're doing another one? If this one goes well. I see. Why? Did you only want to do the, the last three? It's not that. I just don't want you getting your hopes up if we record the damn thing, and then it's just the two of us sat around listening to it. Right. So what you're saying is, is that you've lost all hope in the entire project? I'm not saying that at all. Can I introduce my theme tune then? We already have a theme tune. And we've got a new one now. I've been working on it for some time. So please, lights down, ladies up, take it away. Nick themes from other television series and pass them off as your own. I composed that. That's all my own work. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. That's the theme tune to Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. How do you know that? You weren't even born when that came out. Just because it costs over a quid for a decent loaf of bread, Dad, doesn't mean I don't know about Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Well, that's true. Wait, what? If you want a theme tune, then you can have your own one. But it has to be your own work. No more stealing. Can I sample? Small section of things, yes. Can I rap over the top of them? No. Can I rap with you? Can I crack with you? Yo, 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 discounts. I'm talking discounts, big ones, small ones. You could have it all ones, discounts. I'm talking discounts, good ones, bad ones, technical or rad ones. Reuben takes a deep sigh and looks into the camera. It's a look that signifies disappointment and bitter resentment at the same time. He crosses the room and leaves as Ian continues to rap very poorly about getting reduced items, goods and services in his daily life. Discounts. Want a discount? I could be your friend, but you got to give me discounts. Reuben passes the script to me 
Chris, the stand-in, just before he leaves so I can continue the monologue which continues to describe his continuing adventures outside of the room he's leaving. Just for the record, Ian continues to rap for another 17 minutes before stopping to get a glass of juice and high-five himself for what he believes to be a productive afternoon. The human race does not share the same sentiment. One of the biggest criticisms of the many last minutes of recording you have just listened to is that it's far too heavy on the music and the songs. To further this debate, here's that one to sing a song about a very special lady. Cloudy Jane, I love it when you shout my name, when you drifted into my life. The wind must have been strong to blow you into my arms where you and the hedgehogs belong. It's not working. Change it to a spoken word poem! Cloudy Jane, I'm not searching for riches and fame. If you've got a mug of porridge, some rainbow drops and some ham, then you best hold on tight, cause sweetheart, I'm your man. Nah, it's no good. Change it as if you're pleading with a woman not to get on a plane at the end of a romantic comedy film! Ah, ah, Cloudy Jane, uh, you, you'll, you'll never drive me insane, even though your head is a cloud. You get, you get stormy when upset. Um, and your lightning disables burger alarms and when you cry and start to fret. Let's do some go-karting tonight, um, or, or point out uh, stars in the sky. I'm hoping that these distractions will appease your fiery nature. Oh my. People aren't feeling it. Do what I'm worst. Cloudy Jane. Would you like to take my name? I'm not sure how the kids will look. A mix of clouds and skin. Yes, that does sound gross, but if you're on board, I'm in. Okay, I've heard enough. Good, I was running out of words that rhyme with Jane. Could you really kiss a woman who has a cloud as a head? What do I know? It's a song, it doesn't have to make sense. We now return you to Every Time You Win, I Get a Bigger Face. So, explain the rules to me just one more time. It's very simple, Mr. Paisley. If you answer a question correctly, I will get a bigger face. I see. So I get a question right, and then your face gets bigger. Exactly! Your face expands each time I correctly answer something you ask me. Quite right. And those are the only rules of this game show. It couldn't be any simpler. Okay, let's go. Excellent. Question one. What colours are on the flag for Great Britain? Um, I believe that's red, white and blue. Correct. Oh. Ah. Question two. What Chuck Panahulk novel was turned into a cult film in 1999? Oh, that was, that was, um, that was, uh, it was, it was Fight Club. Fight Club. Correct. Jesus. Question three. Hang, hang on a minute. I mean, what happens if I answer too many questions correctly? 
and your head explodes. That's not your concern, Mr. Paisley. I think it will be if I get splattered with brains and eyeballs. It hasn't happened so far, and this is the seventh series of Every Time You Win, I Get a Bigger Face. This is the seventh series. This has been running for seven seasons. How come I've never heard of it then? You'd have to take it up with our PO department. Come to think of it, how did I end up here? The last thing I remember is getting into my car, feeling very drowsy all of a sudden. Question three. What is the collective term for a group of geese? Um, gaggle. A gaggle of geese. Correct. Doesn't it hurt when your face gets bigger? That's not your concern, Mr. Paisley. Question four. Where's the head of a tapeworm commonly known as? The head of a the head of a tapeworm is uh it's commonly known as um is that a worm head uh uh sorry mr paisley the correct answer was skolex what is that it it would appear so thank you for being an excellent contestant though mr paisley and good luck with that permanent brain damage as a result of the carefully selected chemicals that brought you here oh thank you for having me wait what i think we have time for one more person who do we have johnny our next contestant is Mrs. M. Makuchi from an undisclosed location, possibly somewhere up north. Good evening, Mrs. Makuchi. How are you? Oh, baby, whatever you drive me into now, baby, I got letters to answer. It was the spot with the sun yet. Oh, just delightful. Clip clops in a field, clip clops in a field. Hey, Dad, 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 Dad. Yes, Reuben, Reuben, Reuben. Tell me something about the, the days of the old. You mean the the 80s and the 90s? I'm not so sure, son. They were dark times after all. Ah, uh, go on. You know you want to. Of course I do, son. After all, remembering is fun. Let me see, where should we go today? What about the fall of the Berlin Wall? What about when Dr. Alec Jeffries developed DNA fingerprinting? Or the discovery of the carbon allotrope? I remember all those things, but... To me, the 1980s were more about things that were invented and then uninvented at the same time. Take, for instance, the word fash. My brother and sisters used to use the word in spades, yet I don't remember anyone outside the family using it. Did we invent it, and thus it only had a limited lifespan because it existed within our family? Or were there other unsuspecting people in our community out there using the word fash and other variations of it? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking fash is short for fashion, but you'd be wrong. Fash was actually a word to express how much you liked something. Therefore, if you liked monkeys, then monkeys were fash. If you liked peanuts, then peanuts were fash, and so on. This would eventually culminate in a poster which was adorned on the wall of our living room, where your auntie had taken it upon herself to express just how much she liked monkeys. The poster exclaimed her adoration as it stated, Monkeys are fash, over which a badly drawn monkey was pictured. To me, it always looked more like a sock puppet with a banana shoved lengthways down the mouth. I think deep down, though, she really loved that poster. It's a shame that it didn't survive, nor do we know where the original copy was saved. Times, times move on. I would also 
like to go into great detail about a personal favourite of mine, a much cherished expression from those heady days. Cack your whack. But there's not enough time to discuss that at the moment, Reuben. This has been fun, but, uh, Reuben? Reuben? Sorry, I must have drifted off there. Right. So what you're saying is that I should go back over it again one more time, just so you can really take it in. As long as I can do it with my eyes closed. I suppose so. I think I learn better the more asleep I am. Absolutely. Now, where was I? New from the makers of lemon contact lenses comes the Sean Connery Accent Watch. It's a familiar scene. A boring party and you're stuck stuffing volivants into your pockets in the hope of feeling something. You don't need to feel a something. What you need is a something. Something to liven the place up. What you need is the Sean Connery Accent Watch. Instantly transforms a boring party into a roaring party. All the fun of Sean Connery without having to fly him over from the Bahamas. Complex metal pieces accurately replicate the sensual tones of Sean Connery right before your very eyes, translating your voice into his. Excuse me, Miss Moneypenny, your ass is on fire. Hours and hours and hours and hours of fun that nobody can ever get back. Quote classic lines from your favourite films using Sean Connery's wide range of accents, including Russian, it's the hunt for Red October, Egyptian, I'm not the Highlander, he is, Irish, this one won me an award, and Scottish, why does nobody like Medicine Man? The Sean Connery Accent Watch. Four simple payments of $24.99 and you'll be cruising with the stars in no time. The Sean Connery Accent Watch. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of What the H. Tonight we are here discussing a very emotive and potent topic that has been awash in the news recently. I'm here with Dr. Ruben and providing sound bites and occasional sound effects, Mr. Constance Diddley. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Whoop, whoop. Excellent. Please do help yourself to the selection of nibbles we have prepared for you. Now, to the point in question. Can baked potatoes change your life? Can they? Yes, can they? Oh, absolutely. In what way? They are unquestionably the most important discovery of the 20th century. Awooga! Awooga! More important than penicillin? More important than the internet? The television? What you're failing to see is what baked potatoes are life-changing. I've eaten many baked potatoes and none have ever changed my life, I'm afraid to say. That can't be true. I have eaten precisely 187 baked potatoes. That's a very important point and one which I will return to. You must have had the one life-changing baked potato. Not to my recollection. I can remember mine. It was just before I met my seventh wife. I was sat in a small cafe in Anwick. A slight breeze blowing in through the door had a jar by a copy of Silence of the Lambs on Bitter Max. There I was with my big potato, smothering in cheese and beans. But suddenly I noticed two children playing in the road. I immediately picked up my plate and ran through the cafe and out into the street. A slow-moving Fiat Uno was bumming along. I jumped forward and thrust the big potato.
Minotaur into the windshield and simultaneously swept up both of the children using my ape-like arms. The paint smashed through the car window and dislodged a small turf of hair from the woman driving it. She slammed them on the brakes and the car shuddered to a stop just before my brown brogues. True story. Zoinks? Without that petito, those children wouldn't have lived, and I wouldn't be the man I am today. But surely whatever lunch you were eating at the time would have delivered the same results. Uh, that's not true. I once threw some mince at a moped and the driver didn't even stop to wipe the meat mush from his visor. Tragic. If you were eating, say, a baguette though, that would have stopped the car too. The baguette is not as dense as the big potato. It wouldn't have pierced the windscreen. What about a toasted brick? What? In Northumberlandia? Don't be ridiculous. Despite your sterling points, I, I fail to agree with your point, though, Dr. Rubin. Come, come now. You are avoiding this subject. You cannot accept that this big potato changed everything. You must open your eyes to the possibilities that are being presented to you. I expect a big potato has changed your life. However, you are unable to admit it. Nope, not to my knowledge. Think back, though. Way back. Way, way back. Back to your childhood. My childhood was mostly spent delivering papers and setting ping-pong balls on fire. Like most children, of course, but back in the depths of your mind. Well, I... I do recall that I, I did love climbing trees as a child. It was one of my most favorite of activities, especially during the summer months. My mother would despair as every time she called me in for tea. Come in for tea. I would be swinging from a tree. Once I had the crazy notion to climb up a tree with a bag of potatoes, one of the tallest trees in the park. It was going well until I stopped halfway up and realized just how far I was from the ground. There's a man who shouts science at you if you attempt to climb a tree in Crystal Palace Park. Thank you, Constance. So I was stuck aloft, clutching a bag of potatoes. I couldn't get down no matter what I tried, so I took some of the potatoes out and laid them on the branch to cook them in the hot midday sun. After a few hours, I could smell them cooking, and it was all I could think about. I reached across for one and grabbed it, but in doing so, I forgot how hot they were, and my punishment for doing so was to fall off the branch. As I hurtled to the ground, I reached, I reached out for the big potato again and hugged it, as does a baby does a teddy bear. And just before I hit the ground, I, I used the potato to cushion my fall. Without the potato, I would have... Well, it's not worth thinking about. So you have had a life-changing big potato moment. It would appear as though you are correct. My life is the direct result of the life-changing qualities of baked potatoes. Systematic and fundamentally rip-roaring applause. If you have had a life-changing baked potato moment or an LCB POMO, then do write into us so we can share your experiences with the rest of the listener. I would like to thank Dr. Rubin for his wonderful insights. You're welcome. And Constance Diddley for his cracking dialogue. Uh, um, oh, uh, I can't do the noise of a helicopter. You what? Well, it says here, Chris the stand-in does the sound of a helicopter as the end credits roll. I, I, I can't do that. Well, why didn't you say something sooner? Well, I didn't have that much in this section. I didn't bother reading it properly. Oh, great. So we've just done this whole thing that's been ruined by you because you can't fake a helicopter. Look, it's easy. Listen, chugga, chugga, chugga. Yeah, that's wrong. That sounds like a machine gun. It's more chugga, 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 chugga. Surely not. Hang on, what if it was more chugga, 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 chugga? No, way. I've got this. Leave it to me. It's definitely more chugga, chugga, chugga. Are you sure? I think it definitely needs more chugga, 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 chugga. What about a bit of chugga, chugga?